In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. It is a very unique time to be alive. You may not realize that or not, but I have slowly been able to get in to see some of our homebound members who are shut in in their home or a nursing facility. And one of the things as I've gotten to know them that I've asked is, what are their thoughts about the last year and a half? And everyone who is in their 80s and 90s and so forth have all said that they have never seen anything in their long life like we see today. We all like to look back at our history and we think about those times and those moments in our lives that we have seen. The late 60s saw horrible things like the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy. And then there was the whole Vietnam War. It's all subjective, I guess, but I don't think we can remember anything like what we have been seeing in the last year and a half in our history. Add to the normal daily crises that we deal with, and well, maybe it's time to start worrying and get anxious about things after all. There are reports being brought out throughout the Christian church throughout the world that one in three practicing Christians have stopped attending church. There are other reports that are saying that within the next six months, one in five Christian churches will close permanently. You and I are seeing the world change. So why are you worrying? Why are you anxious? Why do we constantly worry and fret about the things that are around us day in and day out? Our constant news feed is nothing but fear-mongering and anxiety. Whether it's the politics, whether it's the pandemics, it seems like everything bad today starts with a P. Just avoid things that start with a P and we'll be fine, right? Now we're hearing about mandatory vaccines. Yesterday we commemorated 20 years after 9-11. And yet life has moved on. I remember my fourth year of seminary is when 9-1-1 happened the first time around that we saw those images and visions of the towers crumbling down. And I remember sitting in the student commons with a bunch of the student body at the seminary watching all of this happen in place. And one of my professors had a nephew in the North Tower and he simply broke down and said, I will never see my nephew again. And he was right. And for a couple of weeks after 911, guess what was packed? Churches. My fieldwork church was standing room only for two weekends after 911, and then it just slowly tapered off. When we get shaken to our core, whether it's something like that or the unique times that you and I are facing now, they're like a flashbang. We want things to be normal, but the flashbang happens. We get scared, we get worried, we get anxious about things, and we say, what in the world's going on? What's happening? Who's going to have the answers? Where do we go? What do we do? We might possibly die because of this. But Jesus says today, don't worry. 
Don't be anxious. It's all fine. And if you think for a moment that when Jesus lived, things were much easier, first century Palestine was not a very easy place to live. The people of Israel found themselves ruled by foreign leaders from the Romans, and they tried to be respectful toward them, but they were still dealt a heavy hand with taxation. Even though things might have been relatively peaceful at times, there was still the tip of the Roman spear pointed at everybody's chest saying, get in line and behave, and you'll be fine. A few, day, a few decades after Jesus' ascension into heaven, we see what happens to Jerusalem. People were truly worried and anxious about things. Who would save them? How would they get by? How would they survive? Should we have a riot? How will our culture and our religious beliefs survive while they're being swallowed up by the Roman Empire? We could go on and on and on about the pressure points found throughout the history of the world when people seem more worried about dire situations, but this has been something that has been going on ever since Adam and Eve ate of that fruit in the Garden of Eden. This is not to minimize tragedies or tragic situations, not at all. We as a people, as human beings, have been subject to suffering and a various circumstances that cause us anxiety and worry. These things give us a bit of perspective. They wake us up to the realities that this life is short. It's fragile. And that maybe we should do more, as Paul said today, about taking care of one another than our own personal interests. But there in the midst of this big, hot mess called the world is Jesus. And he tells us a little secret after his baptism. After his temptation in the wilderness, Jesus sits down on the side of a mountain to teach. And the first words out of Jesus as he teaches are not, now everybody needs to understand, I'm the Son of God and everything is under control. Just follow me and everything will be hunky-dory. No. He doesn't talk about the benefits and the dental plan that he has if you're one of his disciples. He sits down and he looks at the people and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who are mourning. Blessed are the meek, because all of these have the kingdom of God, he says. That's the first thing that comes out of his mouth as he teaches. Think about that. If you're trying to get people to follow you, you're trying to get a group of people to follow you with what you have come to bring them, that you want them to go wherever you go and believe and hold on to every last word, what are you going to say? Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are meek, because theirs is the kingdom of God. This is crazy. We don't want that anymore. There's no solutions here, Jesus. 
it sounds like you're giving us more gloom and doom. Why is it that you seem to cause us more anxiety and worry? Just fix it already. But no, Jesus is not really troubled at all about all of this stuff. He's so peaceful. That's because he is peace in flesh and blood. So there on the side of a mountain, where you always see God working, by the way, this is where the people see a sign and they receive a place of peace. My old church in California was in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. And behind the altar, it is massive wood carving, probably as tall as the ceiling is here. And it was all of the mountains of God, all of the various mountains that you hear. And the whole idea behind this giant wood carving is that this is where God meets his people on the mountains. So you had Mount Ararat, you had Mount Moriah, you had Mount Sinai, and there in the center of it all is the mountain of the Ascension, the Mount of Olives, and there was Jesus. And the carving was really unique because you could see one foot touching the ground, and the other foot was in heaven. One hand was up blessing, the other hand was down to earth inviting. Whenever you see the mountains or hear about the mountains of God in the scriptures, this is where God meets his people, not to scare the pants off of you, but to teach you comfort you and to bless you. Maybe that's why we still like climbing mountains today. I haven't gone up Pinnacle yet. It's too hot. But I'm sure for those of you who've gone up there, you go up there or any other one of the mountains we have in this beautiful state, and you look out over everything and you just, ah, I wish I could stay here forever. There's no noise, no anxiety, no worry. In the midst of all of this, Jesus knows that you're worried and that you're anxious. But the things that you and I are worried about and that are anxious about really aren't that important. That seems kind of harsh, Pastor. That seems kind of heartless. But the reality is the things that we are worried about and that we are anxious about are things that you and I as sinful human beings have invented to be anxious and worried about. Adam and Eve started it all off. They were given a world of peace. They were given great dominion over the animals and all of the land and everything else. And there was one tree in the garden, one tree that they were not supposed to eat from. They could climb on it. They could sit under it. They could touch it. Just don't eat of the tree. And what do they do? Oh, I wonder what it tastes like. 
They utterly became captivated by it. It would lead to their fault. Just don't eat of the fruit. Guess what they did? The minute somebody tells you that you have to do something, what do you say? Not going to do it. Can't tell me what to do. We're no better. There was nothing wrong with their world, and yet they found there's something to pick at to make a problem. They were discontent with what they had, and they were supposed to have all of this, and this is us today. We are discontent with the stuff that we have. We're discontent with whoever is in the political realm. We're discontent with the weather. We're discontent with the food that we have busting out of our fridges and our pantries. How many of us today got up and looked at our closet and said, I don't know what to wear. That's why I always wear the same thing pretty much every day. <laughs> Think about the things that you're worried about, and I guarantee that they are things that we have made up. The world wasn't created with political borders and parties. The world wasn't created for us to divide ourselves by our race. The world wasn't created for us to worship pieces of paper and coins that used to have value according to the Federal Reserve. We've made up all of this stuff. And yet, the great thing that we hear today is none of this is going to go away. We can't get out of it. But there is Jesus sitting on the side of the mountain, knowing that within a few short years of him teaching about all of this, he will be nailed to the cross by the greatest military force of his time, and he will be given up with shouts of crucify by his own people. Yet he goes to that willingly, and he walks out of that empty tomb victorious, for you and for me. And he calls you and I today to lay aside your worries and fears. Luther likes to say it this way, pray and let God worry. Pray and let God worry. Say that with me. Pray and let God worry. You better think about that. Pray and let God worry. Worrying will not help one bit. We worry about these things, and we see that suffering and pain is inevitable. There are so many things that we could do to avoid these things, so many which ways we could go to avoid the crosses that we have to bear. But Jesus, nonetheless, goes the distance. He knew there was no escape, and he goes on account of you and me with peace and with great joy. You are the joy he sets before himself to go to the cross. For death and suffering is not the end. The resurrection and the life is the end. And by his resurrection on Easter, he says that everything is going to be okay. And that's not some plasticky, schmaltzy little statement. It's the truth. It really is. 
And he gives us the simplest of object lessons today. It's on the front of your bulletin cover. He says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. Do you see birds pecking at our windows saying, hey, could you give us something to eat? No. Do you see mama birds teaching their little baby birds how to eat? When you see these things crawling around on the ground, go ahead and snatch one. No! You don't have squirrels trying to learn how to get their acorns and everything else. You don't have anything out inside of creation looking and saying, what are we going to find to eat? The flowers clothe themselves according to all this. And Jesus says, look at all of these things. And yet you are the pinnacle of his creation. You are the very top of all of his creation. He clothes and feeds the birds and the lilies, which are temporary. And yet he provides everything for you that is eternal. Pray and let God worry. Pastor, this seems really, really nice. But what about tomorrow when I wake up and I got to go out there? Well, I think it's all about a matter of our mindset. The people of Egypt in the book of Exodus were more worried about the plagues and the pandemics than they were about the God of Israel. The people of Egypt were more worried about the plagues and the pandemics than they were of the God of Israel. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. It's a deadly world out there, Pastor. Yes, but as we learn today, in Bible class, and as you hear in Romans chapter 6, you've already died. Huh? I might feel dead, but I don't think I'm dead. You've already died in your baptism. You were put to death in baptism with Jesus, and you were resurrected with him. And as the book of Revelation says, the second death will not harm you. So what have you got to worry about? What have you got to be anxious about? Jesus has taken care of our worst problem with death. There's nothing worse that could happen in this life, it seems, than death, right? But even there in that little font, it's all been taken care of for you. You've already died to sin, died to this world, and you've resurrected with Christ. You now walk in the newness of life. You walk in the way of Jesus who goes to the cross to bring peace and joy in the midst of suffering and death. What do we do with this, Pastor? Go take a hike. Not literally. Yes, literally. Go out to nature. Go out to Pinnacle. Go out to some other place. And look at the birds, look at the squirrels, look at those snakes that scare you, look at the lilies of the field, look at the trees, and see that they're fine, they're beautiful, and that you are worth way more to the Lord than they are. They've not been baptized. 
They're not invited to feed at the altar of God this day. This is all for you today. Jesus to come, to strengthen you, to take all your worries and anxieties upon himself, to tell you to pray to him and let him worry about it, and to give you his peace and his comfort this day through the forgiveness of sins. To know, not to be anxious or to be worried, because God goes to heaven to prepare a place for you. He goes there, and today He gives you His best clothing in the robe of righteousness. He comes here today to feed you with Himself so that you will never hunger or thirst again. It is all yours, all to bring peace and contentment, knowing this now you can live day by day in the peace that passes all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Pray and let God worry and let Him live and love and be in you now and forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.